Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about ACO over time, how this field is changing, and we know it changes fast. I'm excited to discuss this topic with Jim Hezer. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing, Andole? It's good to meet you. Yeah, yeah I'm doing great. Um, I, I see you have, uh, you know, a lot of energy, you know, to share about this topic because I asked this question before the our podcast and you started to talk a lot. Okay, before we start, just tell more about your experience, background and why you decided to jump uh, in SEO field. Oh, man, I got into SEO 20, 25 years ago before I even knew SEO existed as a field. Um, mm-hmm. How did I get in? I got in by answering a want ad in the newspaper. Um, I graduated university as a, uh, as a youth counselor. I'm, I'm supposed to be a social worker, but, um, the, the, the lifespan of a social worker in, 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 is about three years after graduation. And then you get all burnt out. Um, I knew I didn't want to be in social work anymore. I, uh, had just gotten married, went on my honeymoon, came back, saw a want ad in the newspaper, um, that involved building websites, which I had, you know, just started getting into doing, um, Again, this is like 25 years ago. And the uh, the want ad was placed by a fellow named Ross Dunn, who was literally one of the pioneers of, of SEO. Um, his company at the time was called Braveheart Web Design. Um, during my, my time with him, that company morphed into what's now known as a step forth website placement, um, which which still exists and is uh, you know, an, a, a, an elite SEO company. Um, SEO firm uh, based in Victoria, uh, and Ross Ross is still practicing. Anyway, so so I answer this as want ad, and I meet this really cool guy. He explains that um, you can manipulate the placement of uh, web pages and search engines, and that's what he wanted to teach me to do. And I've been doing something along those lines ever since. I I, I got hooked immediately at the uh, the implications of being able to you know, basically control the the the, the the flow of information <laughs> yeah yeah i remember this time you know uh, uh for example uh when i started to learn more about seo uh at that time uh, i used one strategy i bought more backlinks than my competitors had and uh, i uh, created content uh e-commerce content and i didn't consider any user intent at that time that worked well Today, it's not. Uh, we know that Google changed algorithms, and we can see that uh, it happens, uh, if I remember correctly, around uh, four, five, no, 4,000 uh, times a year. It's a lot. You know, it's like 10 times a day. Uh, can you tell uh, how to learn about new algorithms, about these changes, and to, be, uh, to provide uh, uh, new settings in time? Okay, well, first off, um, I don't know how much profit there is chasing the algorithm um, uh, uh, as if as if it's something you can catch or understand or learn. Google has, um, over the years, given hints to what it wants to see in uh, websites, and um, I mean, you, you you could distill all of the all of those hints into um, content technical and backlinks and mm-hmm. um 
basically Google wants you to build a easily accessible website for humans and for for its own for its bots um, that can be rendered um, over and over and over again uh, easily for it um, that contains uh, good credible information with links from you know credible sources um, that's ultimately what Google wants how to get there and how we've gotten there over time is another matter um, it used to be just, just just up to what like five years ago it was all about links right and mm -hmm. Google created a um, problem of its own making it made links into a commodity back in the I mean, back when they were making backrub in their dormitory at Stanford they created a self-fulfilling problem and to this day I'm not sure Google has figured a way out of it but um, AI is 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 the solution. They're, they're, they're obviously going to try. Um, your, your your audience is obviously is obviously very familiar with SEO and SEO technique, right? So uh, mm -hmm. they'll understand when I say backlinks were made into a commodity, and then Google told us not to treat them like a commodity. So you make them do this, and then you tell us not to use them that way. And of course. Um, that became the dominant, um, as that was the easiest way to move the needle at Google, that became the dominant technique in SEO. And then Penguin came along about five years ago and um, destroyed the way Google previously evaluated, evaluated links by uh, just ignoring ones that it didn't think were important or relevant or uh, uh, topically uh, uh, similar to, to, to what, was, what was linked to on page. At least that's what they said. Um, they're trying to do that more and more and more. And then the, the way that they did it, uh, they used to penalize. So you'd, you'd get knocked down in the ranking, which gave a lot of incentive to help your opponents, your your, your competitors get penalized somehow. Um, by ignoring bad links, uh, Google probably came as close as they could to... Um, getting rid of the detritus effect, detritus effect of, 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 of commodifying links, because um, they, they really screwed that up. Um, so now, honestly, it's it's about creating really, 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 really tight content and um, mm -hmm. making a website that can be um, easily understood and rendered. Uh, can you tell how to create this content? You know, we always uh, hear that uh, you need to create high quality content valuable content that considers user intent. How to do it? How we can measure this content is high quality? Okay, well, first off, um, knowing the topic is important. And if you don't know the topic, that's cool. Um, you know somebody who does know the topic. Um, it's, it's <laughs> the internet. Um, it's, yeah, if only there was a device <laughs> to find experts on stuff, eh? Um, so if you don't know the topic, you can always find somebody who is a very good writer who is a good researcher and who can, you know, write to the topic. Google wants expert opinions, um, but Google at the moment, this may change a couple years down the road. I, I, I'm not, I can't speak to the future, but at the moment, Google wants expert content, but Google doesn't know exactly who the experts are. So mm -hmm. it's not like Google will look at a byline and then 
check out the um, infograph for everybody for the for, for the person uh, associated with that byline um, that there's way too many mistakes that can be made there and it's too easy to fake that what Google does instead is it looks at a level of writing and patterns in the writing that should that an expert in whatever field would uh, make over and over and over again um, somebody who's a uh, somebody who does legal writing, for instance, will have a certain pattern to their writing, and it'll read differently than somebody who does medical writing or real estate writing. Um, somewhat different, at any rate. Um, and there'll be different words or different phrases that get often repeated. And Google looks for patterns like that when judging um, the quality of content. And um, this is where your backlinks become important. Your backlinks are your um, extra votes of credibility, ones that come from highly relevant, highly trafficked um, websites or web pages that tick a number of uh, boxes for Google that link into your website and then again are, are, are topically relevant to uh, the, the content on your page. Those, those links will bolster Google's perception um, of the credibility of the, 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 the content that you're giving them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay. Uh, can you tell more about your, uh, writing experience? Uh, for example, um, I often, uh, see when my clients, uh, and any of masters, uh, no, have no time with writing they usually pay attention uh, to develop in a way their products that's okay you know because competition is fierce at any niche uh, but you know uh, if you need to create high quality content you need to write uh, high quality text as well and uh, uh, some uh, you know uh, some uh, i'm not sure it's a good idea to hire copywriters and you mentioned that you need to find someone who understands the topic yeah uh, love it uh, but uh, if someone wanna write uh, themselves can you tell from your experience writing experience how to improve writing skills and create high quality content okay this is a hard answer because every client experience is going to be different um mm -hmm. The easiest way to kill momentum on a really good project is to ask the client to write some content for you because it's never going to happen. Um, I mean, maybe it will, but but the chances are they're not going to because they're running a business. They've got a whole bunch of other stuff to do. Um, and, yeah. and often if, if they want to write the client, if they want to write, write the content, you probably wouldn't be in the room anyway. Um, so they're not going to do it, but they have to describe their product or their service or their business. It's, the, the fun thing about being a writer is you have to become an instant expert in everything, in, in, in any mm -hmm. topic that, 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 that you're addressing, and time is money. So you got to become an expert in half an hour or an hour, and then you have to wrap out the content and move on to the next job. If you want to do a really good job, um, you need that client to give you information, but they're not going to give it to you um, in writing. You have to talk to them, listen to them, invest a little bit of your time um in listening to what they listening quite keenly to what they have to say taking some of the phrases and researching researching those phrases they ask them to describe their community ask them to describe um their own their own favorite business client or their favorite business experience it almost doesn't matter what you're asking them to describe because you're asking them to describe their passion their business what they do all day and they'll come up with words that you can key off of and maybe find maybe find a voice that speaks to well to to your client's passion if you can do that 
and you can research the, the business product service and get all the, the, the general terms right, then you can probably write good content. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, got it. Can you tell uh, how to create the right strategy? For example, if I open uh, well-known tools like SEMrush, Ahrefs, Google Keyword Planner, Uber suggests many others, you know, uh, I see a list of keywords, a lot of keywords. For example, if I type weight loss, I can get weight loss supplements, weight loss reviews, uh, how to lose weight and uh, yeah. many others. How, how to find keywords that will bring results to you and it's not competitive like uh, uh, because, you know, for example, if you uh, choose keywords that are relevant to your niche, but when we have uh, many other great pieces of content with many link, links, it's hard to overcome them from your experience. How to find the right strategy? Two ways to two ways uh, that we have to do this running parallel with each other right now because the search world is changing and we got to cover both bases. Um, and, and actually, if you, if, if, if you do this well, you're going to cover both bases. Have Google Search Console start gathering as much information on um, your client's website as possible, as early as possible. Um, you'll want at least um, 30, but hopefully more days of information. You can look at... Um, in Search Console, uh, search performance, um, you can then uh, look at pages and queries people use to find those pages. Mm -hmm. um, you can you can isolate specific pages and again look at the queries people use to find those pages. Um, I use SEM Rush or um, uh, 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 um, other other SEO tools. Um, other tool sets to get a sense of the popularity of words, how frequently they might be used as a, as a keyword term, but I don't put a huge amount of stock in that. Um, I'm most interested in what keyword phrases were entered when people clicked on the content that, that, that my client was putting out. Um, if I write to those keyword phrases and get them and any ancillary phrase that might come alongside them, um, anything that might help describe um, or give more description to that phrase, then I'm probably going to be writing good content or, or um, good, strong, searchable content. But more importantly, I'm writing to what the site visitors are telling me they are interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, got it. Uh, agree with that. Yeah, it's better to learn user intent to understand what kind of uh, information they want to get. And yeah, to in the early days, I used to do all this keyword research. I would go, I would go nuts on keyword research, and I would make these huge assumptions um, beforehand mm -hmm. on what was going to be successful and what wasn't going to be successful just by looking at the uh, at, at the client's website. And I got to tell you, nine times out of ten, my assumptions were wrong. The 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 data, mm -hmm. and when you look at the data, it's just, I thought it would be this, but as it turns out, the users wanted that. So always go with what the users tell you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, let's talk about uh, adding keywords to the content. Uh, where we can add keywords uh, in the text uh, that uh, Google can understand the intent of your content and rank in the top 10 results. 
Well, that's the other thing I, I think that people really need to be thinking about now. Google is using AI to um, suss out the meaning of words that we use in our sentences, our queries. Um, so Google's trying to figure intent from two different directions. The um, intent of the searcher themselves and, and why uh, she or he would enter the keywords, phrases in that way. Um, but they're also trying to suss out the intent of the webmaster, the, the, the person who created that content. Why is this content written this way? What does it mean? What are they trying to sell? Um, are there other search users we can direct, we can credibly direct to this and would that, would that enhance their experience? Um, so don't chase keyword phrases directly unless those phrases work in the sentence. Google understands that, um, Google is now understanding similar words, similar spellings, similar meanings. Google understands metaphor. Um, it's rare that Google comes across um, descriptions for products or services it hasn't already seen. And um, if you write to the keyword phrases and the keyword queries that users most frequently use to get to that specific information, and again, describe describe all around that keyword phrase, be, be um, mm -hmm. Be liberal with your words. There's, there's, there's no maximum or minimum word count. Well, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. I suppose there's a minimum word count, but there's no maximum word count that I'm aware of. Um, be as descriptive as you can be. I mean, don't overload the, don't overload the, 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 the user. Nobody wants that. But make it useful. Um, make it interesting. Make it succinct so that the user actually gets the information in the first paragraph or so, because that's what they're there for. They're not there to read your flowery text. They're there. The, the user is there to get something. Give it to them as quickly as you can, but give it to them as credibly as you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. Love it. Okay, let's talk about uh, technical optimization. Mm -hmm. Can you tell uh, how to find technical errors and what to do if you can't fix them? For example, on Spotify, or well, not Spotify, uh, Shopify, Wix, and many uh, other well-known uh, CMS systems, uh, uh, we have limited possibilities. What to do if you can't get uh, in the green line, uh, according to PageSpeed Insights, uh, yeah, in, uh, by using these uh, uh, CRMs? What do you think? Number one, um, if you... Um, if you don't have the technical skills, then work with a dev mm -hmm. team. It's really, really important. Um, Shopify, Big Commerce, Magento. Um, mm -hmm. A couple of years ago, uh, websites were based on like uh, blog emulators, uh, uh, website creators for for blogs like WordPress. Um, and that was, if you had basic HTML skills, you could easily work a website. Um, you could you could understand WooCommerce. You could you could put you could, Shopify, BigCommerce, um, Magento. These these are um, platforms that are at a slightly different level than um, your WordPress build was at. And if you're unable to um, to walk around the back end um, comfortably, work with a dev team. Now. If your client is large enough to be on the Shopify platform, then you, 
webmasters and uh, retailers have to prioritize their needs. So if they're if they're on Shopify, it's not cheap to be there. If if they're on mm -hmm. if they're on big commerce, there's likely a support team working with them. As the SEO, your job isn't necessarily to do all things. Your job is to spot the problems, advise on the problems, give a set of um, options to um, uh, uh, solve the problem or the implications of not solving the problem, and um, let their team do their work. Um, unless you, if, if you have the skills to work in the back end, then absolutely do it. I don't. Um, my skills, my, my, I, I'm 53. My skill set ended at the WordPress generation. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, to, 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 to mess around in the, uh, in, in the backend programming of, a, uh, of a higher platform until I've been trained to. And in my career, I haven't been trained to, I ain't touching that. What I can do though is, is guys, <laughs> Um, what I have done, though, is in quite successfully um, in integrated myself with dev teams and worked with them and guided them to um, to make changes that that uh, miraculously brought traffic to their websites. Um, and uh, devs are fun to work with. They're uh, uh, if you get a really good relationship with the team, then. Um, it's 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 a lot more fun than the olden days when you used to have to do it all yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's better to consider your strong side. For example, if you are good with writing, then write a lot more. If you are good with technical optimization, so jump on this field uh, because uh, it's the same on social media. For example, uh, on LinkedIn, you might uh, get information that uh, live streams provide high engagement. But if you are not good with live streaming, why you need to do it? Just find your strengths. Uh, you can write. You can uh uh, make awesome design uh, or uh, technical optimization. Uh, it's the same. Just consider your strong side and jump on that. Uh, then the results will come. Uh, I have the question about interlinking. Can you provide more insights uh, how to uh, interlink content uh, on the websites? Uh, and uh, do we need to do it to increase ranking positions? Do you mean like getting backlinks from other websites? Uh, interlinking, it's more like... Uh, Internal links. your own site. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Well, yeah, your 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 internal link structure is um, kind of critically important. Um, it, it it shows uh, Google and other search engines how you prioritize different pages and content. Um, and it also um, how does th think of like your website as a city or a neighborhood, mm -hmm. and um, the links that you build are. Um, paths throughout that neighborhood and not only are they paths the anchor text you use uh, should be like wayfinding devices they help they help the user find their way around and in turn they help the the, the, the search bots figure out um, what content is going to be found on the next page and how it relates to the previous page it was on it's all about uh, creating a contiguous user experience that like again gives the the, the search user the information they came for in the first place. They're either going to buy a product or they're going to um, figure out that, uh, or they're, they're going to get information that they needed to figure out a problem or a uh, 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 a solution they were looking for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 
uh, okay uh, what about external links uh, which techniques do you like more uh, yeah uh, how do you earn links um, a couple of different ways. Um, I tend to work with really big companies that have large supply chains. So you mm -hmm. work the supply chain. Everybody is, is connected to everybody somehow. And these are, these are highly relevant links. Um, so you got to talk to the um, marketing team because they're the ones who are talking to all of the relationships that that, that, that business has. All of those relationships have websites. Um, I know Google says reciprocal links are bad. They aren't bad. Reciprocal links that are clear, obvious reciprocal links are bad. But if you if you're an auto manufacturer and you work with a engine component company, those two websites should link together. Then one website should have a link to the other. And again, anchor text is really important here don't have click here or our partner or something like that use anchor text that actually describes the product or experience the user is about to have when they move from your page to your link partners page so that's the best way by far the best way is to work your supply chains if you can't do that work your communities work your um work your your, your own contacts as an seo um, I know many other SEOs who have um, clients in similar fields to mine. Well, I wouldn't want to exchange links with a direct competitor. I'm happy exchanging links with somebody in a different city, perhaps, who was, who was in a different, uh, or was, who, I'm sorry, who was in the, the, the same or similar um, sector. Um, any way that there, it's relevant to create the link, find a way to do it. The last way is to go and write an email asking for it. That's... Um, that's um, just trench work that um, is, is, is horrible and everybody hates doing, but sometimes you got to write the emails. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, outreach. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, the parameter uh, expertise, authority, trust. Can you tell how to improve this parameter for a website? Could you rephrase? I'm sorry, could you phrase that again? Uh, the, the parameter EAT. E Expertise, authority, trustworthiness. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, EAT is, I think, a really misunderstood concept. Um, expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness are items that Google mentions in their quality raters guide. The quality raters guide is published for a uh, group of people who are employees of Google who... Their job is to look at search engine results pages and rate the quality of the SERPs, the search engine result pages. And um, they have a huge number of criteria. Why should this website, this website, that website, and that website, why are these URLs mentioned in these result sets? So the quality raters guide are a set of instructions for the Google quality raters to look at search results and look at the websites in those search results and gauge did the websites meet these criteria, the, this these set of criteria to um, rank against any any given set of uh, uh, keyword queries. Now SEOs pay attention to the uh, quality to the quality guidelines, quality rater guidelines because that's the closest um, glimpse that we have uh, under the hood at Google. Google makes a big deal of expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. Um, but you can't, how to say this, 
there's no actual way to score any of that. Um, there's no, I don't think Google has an eat measurement that you can um, gauge. Like, um, you remember when they used to, used to publish the PageRank toolbar? They don't have anything like that when it comes to eat. Mm -hmm. What you have to do, again, is um, research the living heck out of the topic. As a writer, mm -hmm. you need to be, you know, and I totally, you, you've done a number of interviews and you've had to meet people and instantly gauge their vibe, figure out who they are, get into their heads and try to find a way to relate to them, right? It's the same thing with content. When, you, when, when, when you're writing an article or you're writing pitch content, you got to get into that content, find a way to relate to the reader who's going to be absorbing that content. And um, that's your, you, again, research the hell out of it. And that's how you get expertise. Um, or you, mm -hmm. you might just go to school for four years and earn a degree. Yeah. That's another way to, to, to acquire uh, expertise. Authoritativeness. Um, that's a measure of your helpfulness, of your um, gravitas, of the the the, the um, truthiness of uh, uh, of the content that you're that you're providing, and uh, trustworthiness. That's actually, um, I think, that's a measure of the link graph around you. Are you hanging out in a cool neighborhood? Are are the people coming in trustworthy? Is the links in your content trustworthy? Are you in any point um, sending your sending a Google user into a place where they'll have a bad user experience? So here's the funny thing: Google doesn't. Um, Google gives like three paragraph descriptions of um, eat of expertise and, and authoritativeness and trustworthiness. They leave a lot of, a lot of it up to the webmaster to figure out what might this mean. It doesn't. Google never describes things for humans. They always describe things for how they affect Google. Mm -hmm. um, so when looking at the, at the Raider guidelines, think about how does this affect how Google does its job? And that's how Google wants you to read that document. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, I just want to uh, add a few elements that I use. Uh, it's, be it's better to create page about us uh, with your team and submit your personal photos, uh, your story, you know, because uh, in the end, people want to cooperate with, with a human, not with, with a brand. Uh, and it helps to increase trust. Uh, be active on social media, uh, build relationships with uh, other specialists in your niche, as I do. You know, <laughs> yeah, I just interview many SEO specialists. And yeah, it helps to increase trust. Just go ahead and be active in your niche. Uh, I have the question about learning SEO. For example, if someone want to jump on, on this field to earn money uh, in some day, uh, can you tell where to start, uh, what to read, and how to learn SEO? Probably the best way to learn SEO is to get involved in affiliate marketing. Um, mm -hmm. If you're uh, making pages that... Um, you yourself are going to be earning long-term passive income off of, you're probably going to have incentive to um, learn as, as quickly as possible. Some people, that's not that's not their gig. That, that's totally cool. If that's not your thing, um, get involved with the community group. Um, mm -hmm. Be an activist. Get, get, uh, get some Forest Alliance website rated really high and um, do something really good for the earth while learning your craft. Um, find something that really motivates you and apply that to um, 
to to make your, make a website about that or um, go volunteer or work for um, somebody who 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 needs who needs uh, uh, their website promoted. What you do not do is read a couple uh, search engine land articles and hang a shingle. Don't do that. Apprentice for somebody. You know what? Find somebody in the SEO field who who's writing you've read, and ask them if they have grunt work they need done. Um, mm-hmm. I know that sounds crazy, but you'd be surprised how you can get your foot in the door that way. Participate in forums. Join Webmaster World. Ask questions. Lots and lots and lots and lots of questions. The coolest thing about the SEO community, and it's been like this since day one, is we're still pioneering a field. And so we're still really happy to help others get a leg up. And um, I, I think that spirit, that spirit just permeates the industry. You go, go to conferences too and meet people. And don't, don't be, go, in, go to the, the sessions, learn at the sessions, but don't be afraid to approach the speakers afterwards. I mean, don't be a douche about it. Be cool. Um, you know, the people, as a speaker, I can tell you straight up, we appreciate drinks. Um, but we're there to share, no- that we're at conferences specifically to share knowledge with people. So please take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice, nice, uh, nice tips. Okay, uh, you know, uh, you live in Canada. Can you tell the difference between Canada and the US? What kind of... Uh, difference uh, webmasters need to consider when they cover uh, Canada or uh, the US? It really depends on the niche that they're working in. For instance, if you're in pharmaceutical, there's um, radically different laws in Canada than there is in America, but what you can and can't say about the um, efficacy of a product, or even if you can even mention what the product is there for. In Canada, you are allowed to mention a uh, drug's name, but you can't say Mm. what it's there for. So we have all these like like Viagra commercials, but uh-huh. no, no one says what Viagra is for. <laughs> Just this guy uh-huh. skipping down the road, reading Happy in the morning. Um, you got to know laws like that. Um, you got to know if you're working in Canada um, or actually, you know, Canada, uh, the UK, Australia, or New Zealand. You got to um, know how to spell words in the way that the, the, the local people read americans truncate words frequently um the rest of the the the, the rest of the english-speaking wor- world um has extraneous views on dozens of different words um if you're working in if you're working in canada understand that a quarter of the population speaks french and there's a number of idioms that work into general english that um will be diff will look different to any Canadian than they will to to an American. Um, I once outed myself in America by mistake by um, pronouncing Mount Rainier, Mount Rainier, I-E-R, to a Canadian is, uh, would sound like Rainier, not Rainier. Mm -hmm. Um, So be aware of distinctions like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Okay. Uh, Can you uh, predict the future? What kind of future will be uh, in SEO field? SEO will be dead or uh, SEO will be crawl? <laughs> Your predictions about that? Well, SEO has died so many times in the course of my career um, that uh, I, 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 honestly, I, 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 
I think it's immortal. Um, as long as there is a search feature of any given product uh, or any given um, web page or app, there will be a uh, a need for, 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 for SEOs. But the field that we work in is changing rapidly. See, th here's the weird thing. Whenever a major change happens in the technology or happens in the um, environments we work in, social media killed SEO. Um, remember how, how that happened? Um, it never does. It just changes it, um, augments mm -hmm. it, adds to it. So we're going to be working in um, augmented reality soon or virtual reality soon. Um, the uh, It's still going to be about describing products. It's going to be a lot of schema. Um or, or some other descriptor language that comes along to replace schema, but learn schema.org uh, now. Um, there's, um, I'm pretty sure it's still going to be text-based, although mm -hmm. the interface for the user themselves may or may not be text. It may be voice. Um, mm -hmm. We are gonna be working in the back end working in text. I'm 90% sure of that, but the interface is going to be voice activated far more than it's going to be uh, keyboard activated. Um, geez, it's, it's a, that's a very hard question given how, given how quickly things are changing. Um, I think Google's gonna start creating a lot of, a lot of uh, the content itself. We already see it doing this in, um, uh, 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 in, yeah, we, we already see Google doing this in certain circumstances where it um, can, uh, where it's like lifetime information, temperature, um, breaking news, stuff like that. Um, yeah, 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 I and delivery. That. Everything is going to uh, uh, local search is going to be uh, more focused on delivery than on getting you there. That's that's my mm -hmm. big yeah. That's my big prediction. Ha. Uh, I only see that SEO is growing. Uh, uh, probably in one day SEO will be dead, but it's far away from now. Far away, you know. Yeah, I remember when Jeff Bezos said that Amazon will be bankrupt one day, uh, but uh, uh, it's far away from uh, the real situation that we have today. And according to many studies, we can see that SEO is growing. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it will not be dropped just in one day. Of course, uh, if we, you can see that it's decreasing. So, yeah, that means uh, we, we can get some insights that it's possible. But right now, we can see only it's growing. Uh, Jim, it's a big pleasure. It's a big pleasure to get you on my show, to learn from you, to share. Uh, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Okay, well, I keep, keep a pretty low profile compared to how it used to be. Um, a decade ago, I was on the on the speaker circuit, and I was published in in uh, in Search Engine Journal and then Search Engine Land and most of the publications and stuff. Um, now it's probably easiest to find me on um, LinkedIn or on Facebook, and I reply to you. you may you, you write me, I will reply. Um, please listen to Webcology on WMR.FM. Um, you can either find it at WMR.FM or any fine uh, podcasting distribution service near you. Um, and um, 
go to conferences, I'm likely to appear at them. And uh, I, again, I love talking to other SEOs, especially new SEOs. Um, uh, I'm I'm at the point where I'm going to be retiring soon, so passing knowledge is what I'm all about now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, you can find uh, all uh, links uh, to Jim in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Yeah, it's a big, big pleasure to learn, to get new insights about about SEO. And uh, yeah, I wish you uh, to stay strong uh, in this field. Uh, how long you want? <laughs> you too, Anatoly. Thank you so much. It was a, it was a lot of fun. It was a pleasure meeting in this environment. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.